0: The following recording is from the Parramatta Christian Church pulpit series. These sermons are freely available at pcc.org.au. One long look. (laughs) (laughs) That's what David did and see what happened. And then he, the uh, commandment six says, thou shall not commit adultery. And he, he commits adultery with Bathsheba. And then commandment number seven says, do not commit murder. And he, he goes on to kill her husband. Now that kind of sin, even though we are laughing now, it's, it can destroy a man. It should have destroyed that man. It should have destroyed his faith. It should have destroyed his kingdom. But David, Knew the father's heart. He repented. You know, he didn't take his sin lightly. He didn't say, God will wink at my sin. He writes Psalm 51 um, uh, in in repentance. And it says, uh, have mercy on me, O God. And according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions, wash away all my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. And God does that. God does that. You know, um, he, he was restored. And how do we know that he was restored? See the legacy that David has left. You know, even for Jesus, the son of God, to be called the son of David. For the son of God, the, the great king, the, the God Almighty, who to come back and he's going to sit on David's throne. That means we know that he was restored. And that's the heart of God. He can make everything new. He can forgive. He's a forgiving God. And in in Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18, it says, Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. You know, as far as east is from the west, so will I remove your sins. But in contrast, Judas... Judas didn't know, even though he walked with Jesus for three years, he didn't know Jesus' heart. And when he betrayed Jesus, you know, I believe that if he had come back and repented, Jesus would have forgiven him, for sure. He never, if you go to Jesus, he will never turn you back. But he didn't. He went on to commit suicide. So this morning, church, I want you to search your heart. Where are you with regard to sin and you know, when, when you have guilt and, and condemnation and shame in your life, it's impossible to radiate Jesus. It's impossible. You know, I don't know what has happened to you in the past. Maybe you have had an abortion. Maybe you had a child out of wedlock. Maybe you committed adultery. Maybe you committed murder. But you've got to know this truth. You've got to know this promise. You've got to know your father's heart. If you come to him in repentance, he will never turn you away. He will never turn you away. You know, Jesus said a parable about uh, two guys who borrowed money from their masters. One borrowed a little and one borrowed much. And um, both their debts were forgiven. And Jesus asked, who will love his master more? And obviously the answer is the one who was forgiven most. This thought struck me when I was preparing this message. I felt in my heart that some of us or all of us have to be forgiven for much. We have to be forgiven for everything. Sometimes we hold on to the, those sins that we think is unpardonable or God is, going to be, God is not able to forgive. We need to be given, forgiven for much. We need to be forgiven for everything. So this morning, lay everything at his feet. Lay everything at his feet. He's, he's a compassionate God. He's a forgiving God. And he will give you, he will help you even to overcome those things that you're struggling with this morning. So come and lay yourself down and say, Father, forgive me. And he's going to forgive you for sure. So this is a promise that we need to remember as we do a journey in our lives. Because sometimes we stumble, we, sometimes we fall. But we got to remember this promise. Amen. The second promise I want to talk to you about. God promises to make us new in Christ. God promises to make us new in Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. The word says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, The new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. And in NLT, it says, NLT, that was NIV that I read to you. NLT says this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. God promises to make us new when we come to Christ. Not only does he cut away a, a spiritual circumcision of your old nature, he, he renews you from your innermost being. He renews you from the inside. And he gives you a, a new heart and a new nature. And no matter what a type of person you have been in the past, no matter what kind of labels people have put on you in the past, it doesn't matter. When you come to Christ, you're made new. You're given a new identity. Uh, recently, I was reading um, um, the, uh, the Gospel of John for my devotions. And, uh, I, can, I you know, it's amazing that uh, you have read these passages over and over again from the time you were a child and certain things you don't see and some thoughts just hits you and you go, wow. And um, so Jesus is recruiting his disciples. And uh, he sees Nathaniel walk towards him. And Jesus says to Nathaniel, Here is a true son of Israel, in whom there is no guile. And this is a thought that hit me. You know, Israel is a reference to Jacob in the Old Testament. And Jacob was a deceitful man. He deceived his brother and his father to claim the inheritance. His name itself means it has a meaning deceitful okay but then he runs away and during his journey he he has an encounter with god he has an encounter with god he wrestles with god and and god touches him and he gives him a new name he says no longer will you be called jacob but now you're called israel and isn't it isn't it ironic that jesus is looking at nathaniel and saying He is a man who has no guide. He is a man of integrity. A true son of Israel. That's how God changes you. When God touches you, he changes you from inside out. And whatever your weakness might have been in the past, God will turn things around and he will strengthen you in that very area. I can tell you lots of stories, lots lots of examples, and I'll tell you a couple I was reading a book uh, by Eric Metaxas called "Miracles," and in that he talks about the miracle of changed lives. Miracle of changed lives, and he talks about a guy called Cisco, who was a drug dealer and a stand-up guy for the a hitman for the mafia. Like a t- very tough guy, he will go to collect debts, and bash people up, um, and he does his own business selling drugs, and um, To cut a long story short, he gets landed in jail. And again, just like Jacob had an encounter, he has an encounter with God in prison. And his life is so changed. The author writes that now he's out of prison that people go to him for prayer. And God answers this man's prayer. He has got such a tender heart towards God. He has such a a relationship with God when this guy prays, even pastors go to him for prayer. Can you believe that? Do you think Pastor Lewis will, or Pastor Hillary will go to a drug, former drug dealer to, to, to pray, to get prayed over? We go to the pastors for prayer, right? But that's how God works. When he says, I make all things new, when he says, I will make you new, God keeps his promise. And it is amazing. So this morning, church. This morning. What are you struggling with? What are you struggling with? Some weakness. Or some label that people have put over your life. Or some circumstances that happened years ago in your childhood. That is still haunting you still, and you you think to yourself, oh, I wish I could start again. Oh, I wish this thing never happened to me. This morning, the Holy Spirit is telling you, come to him. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus, the name that is above every other name. At the name of Jesus, every chains will be broken. Every sin will be cleansed. He can make all things new. And Jesus is calling you this morning. And after, once I wrap up this uh, message, we want to pray with people. We're inviting people to come. And I, we believe we pray in the prayer room at the back. And we believe the Holy Spirit is there, moving in this church. The Holy Spirit is doing something new in our church. And even Pastor Lewis was sharing with me this morning how he prayed for someone at food care. God gave him a word of knowledge and, and we, we are going to see healings and things happen in this church. So don't hesitate to come up to pray. We'll, the pastors are there, the elders are there. We're going to pray if you need praying because God can touch you and change you yes. and do mighty things in and through your life. How am I going for time? I've got ten more minutes? So <laughs> um, Maybe I'll skip through my third point, uh, but I'll just quickly mention it um, uh, because I feel there are some of you who need to hear this. Um, and on the, on, on, the, on the last point I was talking, I, I get this word that I want to share that someone has to hear in this congregation. Uh, I'm so sure of it. Um, once God gave me a promise from the book of Joel, chapter 2, verse 25, it says, I will give you back the time the locusts have eaten. I will give you back the time the locusts have eaten. What that means is, you know, we have a real enemy who attacks and, and plunders and steals and kills. And if that enemy, Satan, has destroyed any part of your life in the, in, in the past, maybe you, you didn't have a opportunity to study. Maybe, um, you know, some loved one, walked away from you. Maybe your, your marriage was broken, but the Lord is saying this morning, I will give you back that time the locusts have eaten. So if it's for you, go back, refer to Joel to, and, and claim that promise for yourself. And quickly, my third point, I'll just rush through this. Um, God promise, promises that he will help us every time we call upon him in time of trouble. He will help us every time we call upon Him in time of trouble, and I um, we we can see in the Old Testament um, so many times when the uh, the armies of the enemies surrounded Israel, when surrounded the kings or uh, anyone, and they would cry out to God, and God would come through and help them, like uh, when when Moses uh, in in the desert, we were, they were cornered by the Pharaoh's armies, God parted the Red Sea. Um, a quick story, am um, I? When my wife was little and their family was um, <coughs> living in uh, Sri Lanka, the mobs came during one of the riots and they surrounded the house that they were living in. And they set fire to the house. My wife would have been a little girl of six six years old and her sister was nine or something. And a little brother, a couple of uh, 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 toddler, And they ca- put them inside and said, set the house alight, and her sister cried out, Jesus, Jesus, help me, help us. And there was this wind that came, and it put away that fire. Okay? And then when the, the, the this was an, in an estate, and when the estate workers saw that this mob had surrounded this house, and they saw this smoke coming out, they came running and helped them. It's a true story. It doesn't happen just in the Old Testament. It still happens. So when we are, you know, oppressed by the enemy, sometimes it's difficult to radiate Jesus, too difficult to radiate his joy and his love. But the Lord says, when you call upon my name, I will come and I will help you. He will send the armies of heavens, even angels to help you. That's a promise. And I want you to claim that, church, where whenever you're facing trouble, Your job, your finances, your relationships. Call upon the name of the Lord and he will come and he will deliver you. So as I wrap up, I will keep to time. (laughs) Um, So what's all our practical application? One is claim those promises when you're reading. Claim those promises. Claim them and God is going to answer you. But I will end with... The very words of Peter, because he puts it so nicely, I can't do any better than that. It says, in view of all this, in view of all these promises that God has given you, in view of all these promises that God has given you, all these resources that God has given you, it says, in view of all these, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence. In, in, the, in the Good News Bible, sorry, in the NIV, it says uh, goodness. And moral excellence with knowledge. And knowledge with self-control. And self-control with patient endurance. And patient endurance with godliness. And godliness with brotherly affection. And brotherly affection with love for everyone. Doesn't that sound like Jesus? The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop these in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. So that's simply what Peter is saying is, God has given you all these resources to radiate his son Jesus and so we need to cultivate these seven aspects of holiness in our lives we need to desire we need to be determined we need to be disciplined in in cultivating and developing these seven things that Peter is talking about and my final word Jesus said when the Son of Man is lifted up, He will draw all men unto Himself. He, he was talking about the cross where Jesus was lifted and He will draw all men. But when we radiate Jesus to the world, when we are kind to them, when we love them, when we speak good, clean words, when we are patient, when we endure hardship, we are we are mirroring Jesus. We are reflecting Jesus. And that our very life will attract the world to Jesus. So church, be encouraged this morning. And may the Lord bless you all. Amen. Thank you. Amen, amen. What are good words. That we take a stand, church. I'm just going to spend a moment or two in worship, and as Rohan said, if you'd like prayer, please come forward, and we'll pray and we'll believe for great things. God's here, amen. We believe that God's here, and He changes lives. He's changed my life.